feel like so many people out there too have this so much knowledge and they just don't want to share because they're like, Ooh, you know, they're my trade secrets. So I don't want to share it. You go figure it out yourself. Everybody's going to figure it out anyway. It's a matter if you're going to be part of their life, or you're going to be part of their journey or not. There's so much like suppression of ideas because of lack of knowledge. So I'm like, damn dude, like let's, let's figure this out. Let's make some money. Even during my class, I'm like, dude, you can do this. Here's a hundred bucks. Here's another 300 bucks. Just do this and make some money, dude. Let's make some money. There's way too much money over here to be all mine, 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 mine. And did you go to school in Toronto? Yeah, I went to Ryerson actually. Oh really? What'd you study? Film studies. Film studies. Film studies. Is that film school? Or is there uh, several different film programs? There, like, there's one main film program. Well, there's two. There's film studies and then there's uh, radio television. Okay, yeah. So we were in the Image Arts building. Yes, you guys have the crazy cage with, like, everything. Yes and no. I mean, we do have a lot of things, but then the broadcast television section as well had all the reds at the time. So we were like, why, why do we not get the reds? You guys can just shoot everything in hypotheticals. Yeah. But we want to actually create films and stuff, but it's all good. No, they still had a lot of lenses and I definitely used a lot of their stuff for outside of school purposes. Dude. Um, so yeah. Was, well, you can't uh, say that you're going to get, what if they like come back at you? They're like, Hey, you don't fall under insurance. Dude. I mean, you're supporting me to figure out my career. And exactly. So, yeah. mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's what it is, right? They just want you to succeed. And, um, and that's what they helped me do. They helped me like experiment with lenses, experiment with things. And like we, I rented a tilt shift and I was like, even if I didn't use it, I was just like messing around with it. I'm like, Whoa, this is so cool. Like, um, so at the end of the day, yeah, like that was like really cool part. Other than that, like, I don't know, man, I didn't really have a good time in that school. Um, I think, uh, I think, I think Ryerson was just so based on like textbook and wasn't really updated with the times. And like, when I went to Ryerson, it was like, I left Ryerson, um, uh, like four years ago or, or so, something like that. So it was in the period where like everything was changing, right? Everything was like social media, Instagram was like, you know, becoming its peak. And, uh, a lot of teachers were so stuck on, you know, production and and i was trying to do that same thing but on a smaller budget smaller crew like i was doing everything on my own so they weren't teaching you being like you know hey you can actually do this all on your own you know i understand they're trying to teach you how to like work with a crew but um a lot of the times i realized that um it's good to just do everything on your own at least in the beginning so that you feel comfortable um, and then you can start outsourcing people and start building your crew. But I feel like a lot of people were just doing things and then depending on that one thing. And I'm like, no, yeah. you got to learn all parts and like experiment with things. And in the course you did do that a little bit, but, um, yeah, I felt like there's so much textbook information that it wasn't like really updated with the times. And it, yeah, I didn't really attend class that much cause I was not really motivated. I'm like, I'd rather be like on the field and I was like working, I already had my production company going. So, um, I, I found more experience in that than, you know, going into class and then, you know, to me, like art history wasn't really interesting to me. Um, as it is to me, maybe now, maybe now I have a little bit more appreciation for it. But, um, back then I was just like, man, I just want to start doing things and start like creating. I don't want to learn about like what people did a hundred years ago because times were different the inspirations were different, things were different. So like, 
I understand it's important to look back and and see where we came from, but like at that time, I just needed a lot of like go out and do it, and then you know just do it. And I feel like the history stuff's for a certain type of person, and then going out and doing it is for a certain type of person, such as you. You know, it's That's like very true. That's like very you true. you probably would have been better off at college, which is a lot more so. less writing, less like doing like general education. Because I know Ryerson, we used to argue about it too, and like we were in RTA sport media, we we're like, why can't we do more practical stuff? And they said go to college then because like we have to have a certain percentage of theory for it mm. to be deemed a degree oh that's why that's so why art history is mandatory like yeah. a, yeah. a liberal studies class is mandatory or else it can't be a university degree because it has to be like theory and like oh. actual other studies mixed in with i thought it was like the reputation or something but i guess no. Ryerson being a college initially, they're just like, man, I'm, we're just going to start slapping some theories so we can like become a university. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Damn, I did not know that. Okay. So did you end up finishing your degree or did you drop out midway to start your production company or go full time with your production company? Yeah, I, I ended up I ended up not continuing. I So I reached fourth year. I reached fourth year, but I didn't do any of my electives. I would like take an elective and I'd be like, man, there's a heavy exam. I don't want to do this. And I would just drop it. It was really bad, but um, I don't know. I was just, I was so motivated with my work. Um, and I also, what really screwed me up was um, that, that darn history, that art history first year and that first year class, like, and this class is like merged with so many other classes. So there's like, I don't know, maybe like 400 students in one lecture and it's a mandatory lecture and it's not that intimate. And it's, you know, the teacher, I don't know, you know, other people enjoyed it. Like you said, you know, some people are really into it and I just kind of wasn't. And, um, and yeah, so he would just go through slides and start talking, I guess, like, I don't know. I feel like he's, you know, everybody has in. questions. Yeah. And um, so I failed that one course and that was a prerequisite for another course, which was a prerequisite for other courses for four years. Um, and so I couldn't take that because that's only offered once a, once a year because the, the second, the second uh, semester is the second prerequisite. Like, I mean, the second part to that. Yeah. Course. yeah. So yeah, that kind of, that's kind of what like pushed me back and, uh, and then plus my elective. So I reached fourth year. I'm like, um, it was mostly for my parents, you know, like my mom has a degree and like, you know, PhD and everything. So, and then my dad's like in, in film. So he's like, Oh, you know, like it's okay. Like you, you can just keep doing, keep working. Um, and my mom's a musician too. So she, she's in the creative world. So she kind of understood, but she's like, no, get your degree. You need it. Um, but then I reached fourth year and I'm like every single year I kind of like, started slowly talking to them about it. And I would uh, like, I would get more and more like, I really want to leave this. I like, this is not doing anything for me other than slowing me down. So I reached fourth year and I'm like, Hey, mom and dad, like I got another three years worth of like, like classes that are completely irrelevant to my, to what I want to do. It's either I spend another three years, another $25,000 on education, go in debt, and then graduate and then just do the same thing I'm doing again, or I just leave everything behind. You know, I was like in $20,000 in debt for school. I'm like, 
or I just continue it. And, and by then I proved to them, you know, my production company was doing really good. We were getting some really, really good budgets. I had like a bunch of editors working under me. So I kind of had to, you know, I kind of proved myself to my parents and be like, no, you know, I, it's okay. You know, I'm not going to be a failure in life. Yeah. Just let me, let me do my thing. And so, um, they, they kind of like, you know, softened up and then my mom's like, okay, yeah, it's okay. Like you're doing decent. So uh, I'll be okay with it. Like, it sounds like you're, you have some little bit of a dislike with like the education system when it comes to like learning something creative in the space. Is that true? Yeah. Fair, is it fair yeah, to say that? I have like, um, I definitely have my thoughts about it. I feel that, um, like, that's why I, like, I've always had a passion for teaching, uh, in, um, in high school too. Like I was, I was really good with some teachers too. And one of my contact teachers, you know, um, she would like have to do a quick errand and, I, and she'd be like, can you just like, you know, go over this or something like that? I'm like, yes, I want to teach. I want to teach. Um, so that's, that's kind of like what led to this shortcut course thing, uh, that I do because I don't know, I see so many developed life hacks that I've done and I'm like, I don't know, there's like so much textbook, but then there's so much experience that I could just share with people and that will replace almost the textbook. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, I feel like four years for an education for something that I can easily teach somebody in like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not like, you know, saying that I can teach it in one month, but I can, if I spend time with somebody for one month, I'm sure that I can like show them the fundamentals of film, the basic lighting, camera techniques, you know, I, I have little spurts where I like, I'm talking with friends that are like getting into film and I'm like, dude, just like, you know, what helps composition is pointing the camera upwards so that there's more negative space and like, you know, quick things like that, I feel like are more efficient than, you know, um, staring at a class and watching frames of a film and then start drawing lines and figuring out purposes for things that just, you know, a lot of the things it's like training your intuition, right? Or like training your, your consciousness to think a certain way rather than trying to learn the theoretical and then force it in. So, um, you know, so, sometimes I was, I was thinking about frames and I'm like, man, what if they just thought it was a really cool shot and they just took it and you're, you're over explaining things, you know? So that's where I was like, kind of having a little bit of, uh, confusion as to like, where our education system is now and how how up to date it is right now considering like people on tiktok right now are like doing just as cool transitions as like a lot of filmmakers man you know with like the whole the head spinning the hat yeah, throwing crazy. and the yeah. concepts are brilliant and the the match it's all in camera transitions so it's it's revolutionary and and yeah i feel like things definitely need to be heavily updated well, the thing is, like, I hear a lot of people talk about education. It's not good. But then I think, okay, well, if you want to educate a large amount of people, you have to paint these broad strokes and say, let's look at this frame and I'll tell you about the theory because you can't sit people down like one teacher with 30 people and like do what you're saying with one friend. You know what I mean? So like, how do you teach masses in an effective way where it's more personalized? Is it more teachers? Is it smaller classes? Like, I don't know. Like, what do you think is the best way? Because personally, I think the most time I learn is when I'm with a mentor or with a friend and like we're candidly talking about the work or whatever we're trying to do. That's like yeah. like a real conversations where I learn, not this like presented lecture personally. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's definitely different when um, when you're talking to a larger crowd with like way broader experiences and like backgrounds. But I think I think what 
you know what, like, I think if I were to just give like one tip to teachers and it would be to add personal um, experiences to things. Um, because I feel like so many people are just reading off of a document or something and you can still do that just like in the document, add your experience in it. And that will make me feel like closer to your experience. And I'll be like, you know what, man, if you've experienced this, then I can experience this too, rather than like, I'm reading this and I'm like, I don't know when, like, I've never experienced this in my life. I don't know. I guess I'll be just prepared for when it happens. But I think it's that personal touch. Like when I'm, I'm like talking or like when you're talking with like people and like personal people, you're, you're showing your experience and like, like, dude, don't worry. Like, let me show you the life hacks. And that's like kind of my personal way. But yeah, I, th I think if teachers just kind of added their own personal experience in their industry, I feel like I'd be, I'd feel more enticed and more into it. And because it's something real that like I'm, I'm hearing about, you know? Well, so like what, before you jump in, Moaz, I just want to hear about the course. Like, do you want to just like break down like what you're doing? It all started with my roommate and uh, my roommate is in film as well. And, uh, and then I'm like, dude, like, like, why haven't we sat down together, man? Let me just show you After Effects because he's in Premiere and I'm like, dude, After Effects, I know how intimidating After Effects is, man. But all it is is just learning the interface and man, 3D tracking is literally one button. You click 3D track, done. And then you just start slapping things in, in Z-Space. Um, I sat down with him for like one hour and he's like, dude, this is amazing. This is great. And then I was thinking, I'm like, man, like I have, I already like, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty active, you know, with people. And I, I always like, even if I see a mistake on like somebody's Instagram post, I like DM them. I'll be like, dude, like, is your frame, uh, is your timeline like 24 frames or is it 30? Were you doubling your shutter? Dude, make sure you're doubling your shutter because I can see the frame belt blending in, in some things. And so I'm, I'm pretty active that way. I'm like, dude, why don't I just package all of my life hacks? You know, and I'm always obsessed with finding efficiency because I'm like, muscle memory, muscle memory, fast, fast, fast. I got to like deliver things really fast. So like, yeah, why don't I just combine all my life packs together and then just make it into a package that people could take in five days. And in five days I go from like the user interface, which is like the most intimidating part. I'm like, man, all of these buttons are cool, but only you, the only things you really need to use are one, two, three, four, and that's it. And so focus on those things first. And that's, I, I feel like when, when you start watching breakdowns on YouTube, they're going through everything. Like, you really want to know what After Effects is? Well, it's bam, bam, bam. And it's like a one hour long YouTube video. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, damn, dude, I just wanted to like get comfortable with the software. Um, so the whole point is to like kind of ease people in and get comfortable with the software and what the timeline is, where everything is. And then I kind of just describe how simple things really are, you know, like, like I said, 3D camera tracker is literally one button. And then you right click, create solid in camera, and then you start putting things in Z space. I talk about Z space and and I, I guess that's the whole thing. The whole thing is just making things less intimidating um, because things aren't, dude, like there's so many people that, I feel like so many people out there too have this so much knowledge and they just don't wanna share because you know, they're like, ooh, you know, they're my trade secrets, you know, or like um, I've learned this through experience you know, um, so I don't want to share it. You go figure it out yourself. But then I'm like, man, everybody's going to figure it out anyway. It's a matter if you're going to be part of their life or you're going to be part of their journey or not, you know? And I noticed this with like, 
you know, the transitions or effects, color grades, man, everyone's going to figure it out. You're not, you're not like some crazy person, you know, maybe, maybe you could be, I don't know, but everyone's going to figure it out one way or another, whether it be in a month or two years or three years. So might as well be part of their journey, be, be the person that kind of like guides them and empowers them and, you know, helps them figure things out faster because we're all just trying to get to the same place. And we have a lot of crazy ideas and we just want to be able to figure it out how to do it. And so many people struggle with it too, you know, and, and, I, there's so much like suppression of ideas because of lack of knowledge. So I'm like, damn, dude, like, let's, let's figure this out. Let's make some money. Even during my class, I'm like, dude, you can do this. Here's a hundred bucks. Like if you want, here's another 300 bucks, just do this and make some money, dude. Let's make some money. There's way too much money over here to be, you know, to be all like, you know, all mine, 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 mine. I love that message. Uh, so earlier we were saying that you're, are you on the, the third or fourth round of uh, students for your course? Four. Right now, fourth. this week is the fourth round. Fourth round. And I'm just interested, like, for you, what's changed or, like, what did you learn from your first round of students to where you are now? Definitely forgetting about autosave. <laughs> In the beginning of the first class, I forgot. I think I forgot about autosave. And I'm like, damn, I should have I should have quickly uh, told them. And um, I started seeing problems, um, like, you know, uh, some buttons aren't turned on for the first time because a lot of people are turning it on for the first time or, um, you know, it's really interesting too, though, because some of the students questions too, just like make me think about it too, because when I'm, when I'm learning, I, I learned through experience. So I was just like, I was fucking around, but I was also fo like focused on, okay, I got to get this done. Let me figure it out how to get this done because that like, I'm taking this risk, but then these students during classes are like asking questions like oh i i realized there's a drop down menu here i'm like oh damn i didn't realize there was a drop down menu there that's like really cool um so it's it's really cool it's a very conversational like course too so i feel like i learned a lot from them too and um their goals and and you know they're they they're, they're all really creative too so um it's really interesting to hear what they have to say and their ideas and whatnot and I imagine the people getting the course are also hungry, yeah. which is nice. It's like sometimes the people sign up for school because their parents tell them to, and they're not necessarily the most hungry people in school, but it's like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a person not going into like a private class here. Like I'm paying this money and I want to learn. It's like different, exactly. you know, my parents aren't and telling I me to sign up for that. I'm sorry. What was that? No, I always ask during class too. I'm like, everybody okay? Anybody, you know, like some people are scared to ask questions. I'm like, man, this is why I'm here. Like ask away, like, and uh, it, the whole class starts becoming a little bit of a family, you know? So we just start yeah. making jokes and like, gets really comfortable. That's great. And like, how did you like build, uh, like how'd you get the people to join? Were you doing like marketing online or did you just have reputation already and people were already DMing you on Instagram? Like what was... How did you build awareness? It was, it's so random, man. Like I, I have not done any marketing. Like I just like in the beginning, I made a Instagram story being like, yo, who wants to learn after effects? And then I started getting flooding with DMS. Like I got like 40, 40 potential people in the beginning. And then, um, you know, I, I started building the website. It's so easy, honestly, man, like out of all, all generations, we have it so good, so good. Like, I, I literally hopped on Wix. 
I started building a website and uh, it's a one page website, literally a one page website. And then, you know, the other pages are like payment and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I just built a website. Um, I love clouds. So I used a cloud in there, purple cloud and purples like After Effects is colors. So just put that in there. And then, um, yeah, I just started making some stories. Like I made a 15 second ad in the beginning. I didn't run any ads. I was just posting stories. And then um, for before this course, actually, I'm like, dude, I need to make like a proper video to explain what people are like, people are, people are signing up for it. So I finally like broke it down and made a little video and posted that. But it's mostly been just, you know, sharing stories and um and then the first class of students kind of spreads it and then it's word of mouth it's like dude i heard your course is amazing i want to take it i'm like dude let's do it and um and i word of mouth is like the best reference ever um Hands so down. Get the first group it's you gotta like always do your hardest in the first group and and then things start spreading out you know same with client work so oh, two yeah. things there you so from what I from what I gathered there, you didn't have the explainer video done um, of what the course offered um, before you actually launched the course. Like you, you almost pre-launched the course with your Instagram stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made like I basically pretty much like the the video that I made initially was just like um, uh, a bunch of my clips, like that. I all the parallaxes that I've done, the compositing. I, I did this really cool one with a girl with rain that people like and thunderstorm. And I'm like, and so <laughs> I just did a before and after, really quick flashing. And I'm like, short of course, After Effects, you know, like I don't know, some random text. And then that's that's what I use to kind of to to get things going. Unreal. And so. A uh, couple follow-up questions. So if I'm starting out After Effects today and I want to learn After Effects for your course, like how much is it going to cost me? And then like, if you could tell people right now, like what are the three things that I would get out of taking the course? Uh, well, prices are uh, differentiated. I have three levels. Okay. Nobody's taken the first two levels. Everyone's like, I want the level three, man. Um, but prices vary. Like um, I think... We had it at, at 1000 first and then I'm like, man, like this is, I just want to, I want people to be feeling comfortable and not breaking the bank, you know, taking this course. So I'm like, let me, let me make 700. I think that's a reasonable amount. And, uh, and 700 is what I like the minimum I charge for parallaxes. So I'm like, you know, people will spend $700 and then make the $700 back by learning the course with like a few assets. So um, going on to your second thing, like there, there are so many ways to make money, right? There's like, like through the course, through After Effects, you can composite a shot. So like someone's like, I always get hit up. I'm like, dude, uh, can you have some green screen footage? Can you like composite something? I'm like, sure, let's do it. So you can reach out to people and be like, Hey, you know, your videos are cool, but I feel like you can, you know, need some VFX. Let's, let's work together. And so you can pitch people like that. Um, a big one is parallaxes, man. Like a lot of artists come to me with an album artwork. They're like, yo, like, I don't know. I don't, we don't have a music video, but we need a quick asset. That's like really, that's a loop. That's like kind of interesting moving. Um, so I get their album artwork and then I cut it up, put it in 3d space and start zooming in. It's crazy, man. Like actually my first or second class, um, I, this happened to a lot of students as well, but this guy, like, 
uh, by Friday, by the end of the course, he made a parallax. He just ripped uh, an album artwork from an artist. I forgot what it was. They had like half a million followers on Instagram. They just ripped a, ripped a photo um, and then started cutting it up, made a parallax, posted it, tagged them, and then messaged them on one of their posts, be like, check out my, uh, check out my vivid thing and then all that stuff. And then now like they, they connected and, uh, and they DM back, they're like, dude, we got to work together. I'm like, look at that. That's like, an amazing right story. Of course, right when you finish the course, you already had the ambition, the fire, the drive. And um, right off the bat, you started getting work, you know, and the course also comes with like one week uh, support after the fact as well. So I'm like there for them in case like they take on a project right away. I'm like, dude, I'm here for you. Like, what do you need? Even throughout, like, it's not really one week. It's like, I just say one week because it's like, you know, to kind like of some boundary. It. Yeah. You want to yeah. like give something where they're like, this is what I'm getting, exactly. but you're going to pr- give more. And I think what I love most about this is it's like, it's not for the money. Money's part of it, yeah. but like, you just want to help people and impact people. And like, I just love that. I, I always answer questions on DMs. I always do that. It's like, why not? If you sell something to someone, do the exact same thing. Of course. I think you're affecting people and they'll remember you for a very long time as someone who's Dude. like changed their life. And like, what's more powerful than that? They're going to be there anyway, man. It's with or without you, you know, like might as well be part of their journey and help them get there faster, you know? Mm-hmm. And just to add on mm-hmm. to that, yeah, like, I really love awesome. that y- the course is really focused on, on the value that you're creating for them. Like if you know how to parallax, like you can sell that service, like you said, for $700 and you just paid for the course right there. Yeah, man. It's, it's. Yeah, like I said, throughout the course I go, I'm like, and this is a hundred, this you could charge somebody 300 bucks for. So as I'm going through the course, I'm like showing them like little gigs that they could start doing, you know, and, um, and it's crazy. The software is like 30 bucks a month or something. And like, you could be flipping it. You're literally flipping it. You're investing mm-hmm. $30 a month in this property. Yeah. And you're making like thousands of dollars a month off of like, you know, this $30 product. Instead of flipping sneakers, you can flip uh, After Effects uh, (laughs) parallaxes and stuff. So there you go. Uh, I wanted to jump in. Beyond the After Effects stuff, you do some really cool stuff. I don't know if it's in Blender or uh, Cinema 4D, but uh, we're trying to do a better job of actually going into uh, some of the client work that we bring on guests. And one of the videos that's just jumped off the page for me, I saw it at uh, Young and Dundas Square, was the the video that you produced for Six Buzz. Can you just... uh, Walk us through that project for the people that maybe haven't seen it. Yeah, um, that was a that was a really interesting project. So I got into CG um, like six months ago. I was struggling for um, I was struggling for the whole year. I was uh, like watching tutorials online, and then I'm like, man, this is not sticking. This is not. St-. And this was that whole thing, right? Like, excuse me. All these people are like explaining everything, and I'm like dude, just tell me what I really need to know, you know, and all you really need to know, if you want to get into CG in cinema four, like I use cinema 40, all you really need to do is import a 3d object inside and then move it and then texture it. Those are the basic things. You just, the rest is user interface, like, um, you know, how to move things up and down, left and right. Um, you know, how to add a sky or something like that, but it's so simple. It's so simple. And, um, I actually bumped into a friend, uh, my buddy Max, and I'm like, dude, your 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 work's sick. He's like, your work's sick. I'm like, yo, let's let's you know, let's chill some time. And he told me that um, 
like he learned he learned cinema 4d in china and then he came here and then he didn't like uh you know like practice it too much uh but then um there's this other uh this other guy named edwin so he he's uh, also a cinema 4d mentor and so i connected with him and he pretty much did the same thing like shortcut course he like he sat down with a small group of people and he's like dude let's let's do some cinema 4d today and uh it was a great experience and uh it's it's so different when someone else is telling you things rather than youtube tutorials you could ask questions and stuff like that um, cut to the point too i think that's the big thing with youtube it's like i'm like skimming like where's the point like where yeah. am i trying to get to and I think people can cut you off and say, dude, I, well, I just need to get to this. Yeah, know? exactly. And then exactly. you jump to it, you know? Yeah. And it's, it becomes so much easier that way too. And, um, going to the six buzz thing, I think, um, I did work with, um, this artist and his manager, um, connected with me with six buzz with the music side. And, um, so I think I did like a little, um, what was it? It was like for six months music and they like whenever they want to like release an artist I did like a little parallax going in and uh, and then and then a year went by um, and then a year and a half or so went by and then another friend of mine uh, started working with six months he's like yo dude like yeah you know they're talking about you at the six months office or like you know like the, you know we we're thinking about getting you on some stuff I'm like oh cool man like let's do something and um and, and then, so we just headed off. We just started talking about things and they wanted to release their website. So I'm like, cool, let's, let's do some interesting stuff. Um, and so, uh, initially we did like an after effects version. They're like, I don't know. I don't know about this after effects version. We want to like, they, and then they, they pointed things off for my profile. I'm like, oh, okay. You want like some CG work. So, um, so then we started working on this thing and uh, I use a technique called photogrammetry to build a 3D model of Toronto. Um, and then just, you know, I put a B on it on the CN Tower um, and then started building the scene from there, doing camera movements. It was, a, it was a pretty tricky project because, you know, I'm still new with Cinema 4D, um, but I'm like converting all my clients to Cinema 4D now. I'm like, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, uh, and that way I'm like building my repertoire with cinema 40 as well. And, uh, and it's, it's all, I see it, I see the chain effect and like, I'm pushing clients to cinema 40. Now more people are like cinema 40, cinema 40, cinema 40. And, and even after effects work, like the way the industry is moving with COVID and all these restrictions, I'm like drowning with work. And I like, I have friends that are like, you know, you know, having a hard time looking for work because they're, they're, they're shooting, they're in production and things like that. And so it's really important to adapt as well. Like all the editors, you know, you guys should be going into after effects. You should be, you know, figuring out ways to create incomes with random assets online, you know? And so that was, that was the whole or thing. Or selling where, a course. Or selling a course. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, was, I was literally talking to my roommate about it. I'm like, um, what was it? What does he do? He, um, oh yeah. He was like, he was telling me something about like, um, like don't shampoo your hair, you know, like, because you know, uh, your hair is not meant to be washed so much. And, um, and so he's like, you should be, you should be like just rinsing it with water and then, you know, with like baking powder and something like that afterwards and then wash it. And I'm like, dude, you should make a, you should make a class about it. And then even if it's a one video thing for five bucks, and uh and then you do a bunch of those and you then you know you can start a business but 
Um, it's all about adapting with the times right now, man. It's like, it's, it's so tricky. And I even like, I had a conversation with an artist um, a week ago and then he's like, I want to do a music video. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like the studio's closed. Everything is closed. I, I, I can't get in trouble for like shooting a music video. Um, how about CG? How about CG music video? You know, maybe it'll cost a little bit more, but we'll have no restrictions. We'll have unlimited creativity. We'll create worlds and we'll 3D model you as an artist inside the video. And uh, that's where everything's going. Like um, Jay Balvin, Jay Balvin's team is killing it right now. Um, they, they did like, um, I forgot what the production company is called. They did like a four or five music videos, all CG, all CG. And it's like, Pixar style like animation like one of them damn what is it called Azul A-Z-U-L that video is crazy man and it's it it shows how like things like this are becoming more common this whole 3D world you know I've definitely seen more of the 3D stuff in my feed and whether you want to talk about somebody like Gibson Hazard who's kind of blending it all together or uh, I think Face Clan is, is hiring a bunch of 3D guys to do uh, marketing for them. It's just something that I'm seeing in my feed constantly these days. So it was great to hear about that because uh, I, I've, I've tackled After Effects to a certain degree, but like something about Cinema 4D for me is just like it's way too... The interface is, is, is way too uh, challenging, I guess, for, for me to get in it right now. It's a little, it's a little tricky for sure, especially because there's just more things you can do with it, man. Like I have a friend, um, and, uh, damn, he's, he's next level, man. He did. So he did, I've been doing film for 10 to 11 years. He did. After, so when I started with like premiere and video, he was doing after effects already. So he was like on that side of the world. So by the time I got, no, not even by the time I, yeah. So by the time I got into After Effects, he was in Cinema 4D. And so by the time I got into Cinema 4D, he's like drop shipping now. And like, he's like, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I'm, oh I'm making the big bucks now. I'm like, oh, damn. But um, we just like, we chilled one day. He's like, you want to see some Cinema 4D roots? I'm like, sure. Yeah. And this was like in the beginning when I was just getting into it. And man, it's just like the things that are like, it's crazy. It's crazy what the possibilities are, man. Like, so that's, that's probably why it's, it's like much more intimidating than After Effects because at least After Effects has that little premiere Adobe little life in it. So, you know, it's a little bit different. Whereas Cinema 40 is like max on, we don't make video editing platforms. We just do 3D, you know, stuff. So you've done the production stuff with video and you've done 3D. What would you say are the biggest differences if you looked at like the project life cycle of each? Like, is, is there is 3D tougher to explain to clients because you don't have something right in front of them? Or what 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 makes 3D so different in the actual process of delivering the final thing for a client? It's it's a little bit harder to explain. Um yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are used to film, like video and stuff like that. Um, and uh, and so it's it's easy to explain um, because, you know, you just look at movies and you're like, oh, I'm going to get that, you know, whereas like CG, it's like so many levels of CG. You know, I'm, I'm not doing Pixar animation, so I can't be like, movies, look, this is what you're going to get. It's like, you know, here's some Instagram like references that of what it's going to look like. But I think at the end, it's all about references, right? Like creating your mood board, going on Pinterest and like 
creating a little package for them and um in the treatment as well like i did uh i did a pitch for for sony and um i i described had like two pages just describing um motion capture and motion capture is you know like regularly in hollywood they you wear like a suit with like a bunch of sensors on it and then you can move around and then that data gets transferred into 3d and then you can put a 3d model moving around with it and stuff but there's like a lot of new ways to do it without the suit with ai technology and stuff um so yeah i had a whole document explaining that with facial motion capture as well so i have to be the artist and like start rapping you know on the camera so that the the face moves and everything um so yeah things like that i gotta explain um and uh it's all yeah i think it's all about your mood board and like how you present it as well nice and i, I want to take it back in time a little bit like i have a hunch of like how you started maybe i'm wrong here but like what was like was there something you did when you were younger that got you into film and just making videos um, in general editing yeah like my my like my dad was my dad was a director so he was uh in tvo um he did like uh a bunch of a bunch of work like uh, hundreds of shows for i think it was TV, tvo national film board and stuff like that so when i was younger i would like you know, go into his room and I'll just look at him in like Final Cut Studio One or something, Final Cut Studio Two. And um, that kind of, I guess like, you know, got me excited. And like, um, I was I was in a creative family to begin with. So my dad having a computer, you know, he would always have Macs and then he would get a new one, give me his old one. Um, and then I think it all started off with um, having like the, the, the film cameras, you know, like the ones that you develop with like the from walmart you know that you yeah get yeah, and yeah. it's like fuji disposables yeah the, the disposable fuji disposables ones. yeah exactly so he gave me one of those and i was going crazy he's like man this is costing me too much money i gotta get you a digital camera so i got my own digital point and shoot um and then i would take a lot of photos and then um and then my dad got me a camcorder and uh it's like you know the basic home movie camcorder and you know I was, I was obsessed with like remote control cars so i would put the camcorder on top of the little lamborghini remote control car that was like 30 bucks from walmart or something and um i would just drive it around in the in, in the mall or something and i would try to get like interesting angles i'm like yo this is so cool um so i think that's like maybe what kind of started building me um so until like maybe five years ago, I had like split lives. Um, so my mom being a musician, I learned piano and music theory and I started getting into music a lot and my dad pushed me to get into film. So the world's kind of collided. So when I was like 15 years old, um, I started getting to all ages clubs uh, and I I'd never like club before or anything. My friends in high school were like, dude, let's go clubbing. I'm like, what is clubbing? That's so interesting. It's like, dude, it's a place with music playing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And my parents never let me ever. And I'm like, come on, please. All my friends are doing it. Um, and, uh, and then, and then until my buddy, Arth, like my, my best friend, Arthur now, man, like at the time, uh, we were family friends. Um, and I didn't, I never met him. And then one of our friends was like, dude, you're getting into music. Like I have this other friend that's a DJ. Um, and, I initially started DJing with like six sweet 16s and stuff like that. Cause I had like, 
my dad is a hoarder, like with, when it comes to data. So I would hoard music like crazy. And so I just started playing music on my laptop one day at a party and they're like, can you DJ my, my party next? I'm like, DJ, what is DJ? Um, so I started developing that and, and then my buddy, Arthur, uh, they're like, Oh, he goes clubbing. So you could go clubbing too with him. It's okay. So, um, he was DJing too. So, you know, we started getting into the industry together. Uh, he was already into the DJing industry. So I would DJ clubs and then I would film the club and then I'd be like, do you need a video? And then I would film the club and I'd be like, do you need a DJ? Like, so I had like split lives, split a friends. Hustler. And, you were a like, hustler. It was cool, man. I was like making CDs, giving them out while I was shooting. I'm like, dude, like this is my mix. You know, like if you need a DJ, hit me up. This one's for 19 plus. I know I'm not 19, but you know, I can still DJ her club. Um, but then things grew. I started getting into music production as like, I started increasing my videos, video production. And then um, four, four-ish years ago, I think, um, I just noticed, man, like, the music scene is not what it was before. It's not based on skill anymore. It's about pull. So if you can pull boots, then you get a slot. And then I was opening up for people like I was doing really good. And then I was, I was opening up for people at some point where I was like, man, like, like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm opening up for you. You know, like no offense, but like you're, you're hitting the sync button. You don't understand BPM mixing. You don't under understand music flow and how to read a crowd. And, and it started getting me thinking, I'm like, this is not making me enough money there isn't enough growth unless I'm pulling booths, selling bottles, you know, all these things. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my music knowledge and then just focus on applying it to film and then create like push film as a business. And then if I, you know, producing is always there, music theory is not going to go away. You know, like I still play piano. So I'm like, you know, let, let me focus on film. And so I started developing my film, my film side and grew my film side. And, and like now, like, I made a Toronto Raptors like a uh, little video for when we won and I just went on the streets filmed and then I like produced the music as, as well for that too. Um, and then the sound effects and it all goes hand in hand, you know, so I'm glad I'm not, I haven't lost the music side. I'm, I'm still like implementing it into my film stuff. So that's mm. kind of like a little quick breakdown of, of like my life. And, and well, stuff. I think like the music that helps because there's so many times I'm editing a video and like, I'm like, I just wish I could, open up FL or like whatever it is. What's the other one? Logic. And just like make a sound to like add to this video. So I'm sure that's like an asset you have for client work where it's like, I don't have to go subscribe to some sound effect platform or like hire a musician. I can just like make something like quick to like help you yeah. with the client stuff. And, and as well, like manipulating music as well. Right. So yes. um, some songs don't have a good intro. So what I do, you know, like for example is, um, you know, I would get, like um i would get you know the beginning intro and then echo it out filter out the lower the lower frequencies and have like a high end you know coming in and then impact and then the the song starts or um you know i would you know kind of manipulate the sound you know there's uh, there's ways to convert the, a song into midi which is like notes mm -hmm. and so change the notes a little bit and then space things out with reverb so that it's like the sound is coming in, but in spurts with like a lot of reverb. So then there's like a little, a, a lot of anticipation in the beginning and then mm -hmm. it goes into the song, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So in ways like that too, I, I noticed like I was using a lot of music knowledge and um, in editing too, man, like the way I edit is through markers. So when I, when I'm on premiere, 
I always like with like like song edits that are based off of music, um, like promo videos and stuff like that. I load in the song and then on Premiere I play the song and I start hitting the yeah. M the M button to the beat. Yeah. And then next thing you know is you have every single beat visually. And so I have two timelines. The second timeline I get the my sorted clips and I just start dropping them in. Yeah. Biggest that's a that's a life cut that's a life hack that you're talking about. I learned that like earlier this year. My friend was like, why don't you just make two sequences and just drag and drop when you have two monitors? I'm like usually it was like I just like would do the tabs of the sequences. So it was like a little bit longer and it was like harder to visualize. I'm like, this just blew my mind. And they don't teach that in our editing like yeah. program or and, editing um, course at Ryerson. Yeah. Uh, and uh, another life hack is, is when you have your shorted footage, go left to right. Don't like start looking for clips because if you go left to right and then you're like, oh, okay, this would look cool at this part of the song. You move it in the middle, you move it in the beginning. So by the time, by the time you're at the end of your selects, um, you've already built at least 70% of your edit and you know that you, you know, your clips in and out, you know, that, excuse me, you've gone through everything. Um, and then when you've done your 70%, then you go in and start filling in the gaps and you're like, Oh, okay. Like, let me, let me go through my selects again. One last time, fill in the gaps. And that's how I'm able to make like daily edits. That's how I'm like, I can make a 30 second edit in like an hour, you know, because of that workflow. And, um, a lot of people start going too deep into editing and start looking for the, the right clip and you'll get there. Just, just go left to right on your selects. And that way, you know, you know where everything is, you know, just to get clarity, you're saying after you drop your footage in, you go through all your clips and then start put, placing it. Or are you saying at, you start from left to right. And when you find something that works well with what you think would be at the beginning of the video, you select it, drag it up and then continue going through the selects. Is that what you're saying? Or you're saying so, go through all selects, then drag. What's what were you saying there? So so the whole process is import the footage, slap everything on a timeline, and then sort your clips, get your sorted clips, and then merge them with you know delete yeah. the bottom and then close gap, all that, yeah. and then exactly, and then um, and then yeah, when you're going left to right, you go left to right on your on your selects. So you see like you're, you're on your selects timeline, the first clips on your selects, you're like, where can this go? Like, can I use this? Am I feeling this? No go to the second clip yeah. of your selects and then be like, this could be sick at the drop because this is a really epic shot. And yeah. then you drag it to the, to the drop. Yeah. Uh, and then that's how you start like building out your, your timeline rather than looking for that perfect shot in the first, in the beginning of the video, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, because then you're going to be going on forever looking for the perfect shot, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, I want to move into like, Instagram and social media, like you've grown a good account and I'm sure you spend a lot of time on there. How do you go about using Instagram? I know some people, like we had a guy on yesterday who's like, I took a whole month break cause I'm like addicted to the thing. And even though I'm like following people, like maybe I like to watch, it's just sometimes I'm like too, spending much too much time, like looking at inspiration, looking at other things. Like, do you deal with like social media addiction or like wasting your time on it like how do you manage manage that because i feel like that's like an important conversation yeah that's being had right now it's it's tricky man like i don't i don't i don't care much about growing my instagram as much as i did like a year ago two years ago and uh i'm just like man at the end of the day like 
followers are not going to get me money. You know, clients are going to get me money. So I'm more focused on building my, building my feed, you know, so I'm going to be posting things that I like, um, you know, that, that I feel like I'm proud of things like that. So growing wise, I don't really care as much as, you know, like just my feed, my resume, but that's our resume, right? Our Instagram. Um, now in terms of just spending time on Instagram, it could be a slippery slope, but in my mind, I'm just like, dude, I have so much, so many things to do. I can't like, I like, I all, it's all go, dude. Like, trust me, I, I experience it. And even late at night, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I should stop. And then on your Instagram, you see that little bit of the next post and you're like, what is that? And then you scroll up next. You're like, oh, it's nothing. And then you look down, like, what is that? It's already playing. And then, oh, it's nothing. It's like, uh, so it can get like pretty addicting. Um, but, but do you follow guys or girls that like you look up to for inspiration or do you also oh, yeah. just mix in like everything? Like yeah, what's your I feed like, like? It's, it's, it's mostly like people that inspire me. Um, like I do, you know, I have like, you know, people that I meet, you know, that on Instagram as well. But um, I've like a lot of my feed is like flooded with um either like, you know, viral pop culture stuff or like CG renders or like production companies that like inspire me that I look up to. Um, so I, yeah, I do get a lot of stuff that, that I look up to on my feed. And then that's like, that's like the slippery slope too. It's like at one point, um, is your inspiration now like acting negatively upon you? Cause being like, man, I'm shit. Like, this is insane. Like how I, I'm not even on this level. Like what the hell? This is insane. So um, that's like this little, little tricky balance. You got to get in there. And I know a lot of people deal with it too. It's like, I'm looking on Instagram and just thinking about how shit I am, you know, <laughs> because you're obviously, you know, following people that you like and, you know, you obviously look up to those people. So you're like, damn, I got to get on that level. But it's always important to look back, man. When you look back one year, you're like, what was I doing a year ago? You know, if, if you're doing the same thing a year ago, maybe you should stress out a little bit and then be like, maybe I should, maybe I should learn something new. Maybe I should experiment. Maybe I should stop working on a workflow like this. Maybe I should do something different. But a lot of times when you look back, even like personal lives, we all have something that we've developed over the, the past year. So that helps me be like, it's okay. Like I'm developing, I'm still developing. I'm still learning. I'm still pushing. And you know, it's, it's all part of the, of, of my journey. Mm -hmm. I want to jump into like a couple stories. I just want to learn from your experience. And like, we've all had those moments where like you learn so much, whether it's like negative, like it's like a nightmare gig or client, or it's like the most, you know, triumphant moment you've had. Like, do you have any things I know I'm putting you on the spot, but like, do you have any things in your mind that you can like, rather not things, but stories in your mind that you could share with us about like your work and working with clients and just like the business and everything around that? Well, one of, one of my biggest habits, which is not the best sometimes is over delivering. Cause, um, like I'm always trying to like, make sure people are like, you know, getting what they're paying for. So yeah. I'm just like, um, I always over deliver. I always like, you know, even if they have a lower budget, I'm just like, it's okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to like give you like, how can I like lower my skill for you? You know, I'm not going to do that, whatever. Like, I'm going to support you. I'm going to see it as me supporting you. So, um, there are times where like, I don't know, I over deliver like crazy. And then, and then they're like, 
they started sending me harsh revisions and or like I don't know I made a spelling mistake and then that like like actually two months ago I made a spelling mistake but it wasn't it wasn't really my fault it was the manager's fault because the manager approved it and I'm like dude you approved it like I, I don't know man I'm sending you videos like you approve it now the artist is like calling me like from the states like yelling at me and I'm like dude you deal with it and then the manager uh, the manager supposedly had the same issue with the previous video with the same artist that there was a spelling mistake and he missed it so he apologized he talked to the artist like man please like call him and apologize um, and I even do man I even made I was so mad because I over delivered for these people and I made a whole document a PDF document they're like six pages long being like this is what you gave me this is what I made or like this is what you gave me this is what I usually get you know, like they gave me like, like four shitty photos with crap lighting with like angles are completely off. Like it literally looks like 480p like photos um, for a parallax. And I did AI enhancements. I did this, I did that. I looked for assets online, research and development. Um, you know, the amount of work I put in to like compensate for the lack of assets that was given to me. You know, I, I laid everything down um, on my process to just be like, hey, dude, you have no idea what I'm doing. You think I'm just a video guy and I click a button and it's done. You know, it's like, oh, dude, like you do so many of these like, oh, like you just fucking one button done. I'm like, no, man, like I put 100 percent in everything I do and I broke it down. And like I said, seven pages, six, seven pages. Being like, yeah, man, this is what I do. You know? and Mo's asking the same question. It's like, what do like clients not understand about the process? And it's like, do you deliver when you have that initial client meeting or phone call? It's like, do you mention what goes into it so they can fully understand it? So there's not this like PDF back and forth at the end of it all. Like, how do you avoid that situation? Do you think? So with with bigger productions, what I do is uh, I do do like breakdowns now. So I, I show them. The process, I show them the team, even though like a majority of the team is me, I like still say, you know, like storyboard, you know, I make a storyboard this like that. And I break everything down so that it also looks a little bit more overwhelming for them to be like, wow, this is like a full production. And it's, it's not, not just like, a click of a button. <laughs> exactly, man. For the longest time, I was like being treated like a button pusher and yeah. like video done. All right payment sent no it's not like that man like i'm spending like a full day trying to figure out like how to do this in the most efficient way possible and make sure that you have quality make sure the first three seconds are interesting making sure the color grades right making sure it matches with your theme there's so many things that go on and a lot of it too is like is is built into my con like subconscious that like you know that just is like become muscle memory for me now too so there is a lot of like brain work that's happening that i'm not even controlling for mm -hmm. your project so they they don't understand so i i had to like create a whole breakdown like a little tree of like hierarchy this is like you and then this is me and then these are like the different roles and then those roles and then those roles and and yeah i think i think that's what has it also makes you look like more of a, a bigger production company um not a production company, sorry. Like it just looks like a more professional production in general because yeah. then they know what goes in into it, you know? Yeah, it appears like there's more credibility to the words exactly. you're saying because there's yeah. actually like actions. And like, I think one thing that's not understood is like 
a lot of video people or even photographers, animators, it's like, you're not just making the thing, like you're also solving so many problems. Cause yeah. like you have this idea, but now I got to logistically figure out if that works. Then I got to like maybe learn something new. And then like while learning something new and trying to figure out the logistics, there's a problem there that I have to solve through like research. And there's so much going into that, that they don't understand that it's not like we just have all the skills for whatever project it is. It's like each project's different, has their own problems you have to solve. And it's like, you, you have to, I guess, educate in a non-condescending way, the clients who just don't know better, right? Of course. And it's not their fault, man. It's like, no, they don't know. if I hire, like, like uh, I was talking to a stylist like uh, a week ago because I, I've never worked with a stylist before. You know, I was on a call and there was a stylist. I'm like, let me contact the stylist. And that call was solely to like understand her role and like her rates and how things work. I'm like, do people send you references? Do you do you, like, how does it work? Can you please like explain to me because I don't want to sound stupid and I want to know how to like, especially like I'm uh, the more I get into CG as well, I got to like worry about clothing design a bit more because every, the thing about CG is everything you see on screen was placed there specifically like for that, for that shot. Whereas in real life, you know, you could go to a forest and you're like, all right, there's dirt on the ground. There's a scratch on the, on the tree, you know, everything's just there, you know, uh, no mostly. work involved. Exactly. No work adding that stuff. Whereas CG, yeah. it's like you got to add that scratch on the branch Everything. or the, yeah. the trunk. Yeah. So that's where it comes into clothing, right? So I, I can't just, there's like 3D modeling as well for clothing and simulation. So I'm like, I can't just be throwing in clothes. I got to like understand the, the trends now. So I'm like, I got to talk to stylists and maybe, you know, they can send me, you know, a bunch of Instagram references and be like, dude, this is like the, the next trendy thing. Like, make the get this 3d modeled so i want i asked i asked them i'm like so what's the process like how what what do i tell you like and and things like that right so i don't know anything about stylists it's just like me hiring a plumber be like let me send an email give you the money just get it done like i don't know how it gets done so it, i don't blame them i definitely don't blame them but it's definitely our job to like make sure that they understand that we're not just like video makers we're like yeah where we're, there's a whole process behind it too, you know? Exactly. Mose, were you going to say something? I think I was cutting you off. No, 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 no. I was just, uh, I have my, my last question is that you like just through this conversation, you're obviously interested in so many different things. Um, if you had to kind of like forecast into the future and think like, what is Arud's going to do? Is it more course-based stuff? Is it more client stuff? Is it more CG stuff? Like what does the future look like for you? Oh man, I have what, no what's idea. What's on your vision board? Come on, you must have a five-year plan no, somewhere in your room. Come on, I don't, man. I just, I just, I can only focus on here and now. And um, the thing about with our industry too, man, like I could get a phone call right now, and like my life can change, you know. And so, so many things can happen sporadically, and uh, especially in the freelance world, right? So, if you're in film and you work with a production company, yeah, you can be like all right, I want to do this for two years. And then I want to like make my, my next goal, my boss's job, you know, I want to come after my boss's job or something like that, you know, but with freelance, it's like, I don't know, like I could have no work planned for the next week. And then I get like four calls today and be like, well, my week is full, you know? So I don't know. Like, um, I try to take things slowly. I try to not slowly, sorry. I try to take things day by day, week by week, um and focus on on what i can do now the ultimate goal you know is 
you know, being able to create, you know, feature length films. Um, uh, I don't know, fully feel comfortable in cinema 4d. It's so satisfying, man. Like, sorry, cinema 40 is so satisfying. It's, it's literally the adult Lego, you know, that you just, whatever you could think of, do it, you know, like whatever the imagination is, you know, you don't have, if you want to turn the, the grass purple and then a tree just starts building in the middle and then starts bending and starts dancing like this, you can do it, you know? So I think, um, I think, yeah, feeling comfortable in that would help me like translate a lot of my ideas directly um rather than trying to figure out like real life production cost and like mm-hmm. you know things like that but those are like some basic goals it's it's kind of tricky it's hard to say you know but, i guess let's close on this like what's the ideal position in in life you want to be in, in the next whatever amount of years like do you want to be like doing like a feature film do you want to just continue doing social media be like the guy let's say a six buzz or like a media company like that goes to like what What's like that dream position? Or maybe it's like the online course thing. Like, do you know Ezra Cohen by any chance? Yeah. Like he's killing it with the online products and courses. Like what, what, yeah. what for you is that place that you think you'd be very I don't know. Happy? Um, I have a few things going on. So I have this other, other company that I'm doing with my friend. With that, that friend actually that I said uh, helped me get into the clubs and he was DJing too. Now um, we started a company together. He did like pyro for like five years in Vegas, went on tour with like a bunch of massive artists. Um, so he came to Toronto because touring stopped. So started a company called Cinebox and we do like flames, pyro, laser. So I'm growing that. So I would ideally like to grow that into like a massive special effects studio, have my own studio, you know, where I can just go downstairs and just shoot or just do whatever I want, experiment. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to say, you know, like, um, obviously, you know, like less gigs, um, high, like less gigs, higher paying gigs. So I just work on four things in one year and I'm like, good, you know, I don't have to yeah. do a lot of things. Um, really devote yourself to something, you know, yeah, instead of having yeah. to churn out. Cause that's where the burnout comes is like the constant, just grazing away, you know? Yeah. And when you have to like work on so many projects, you got to do the same process many times. Whereas like the bigger, bigger projects, you know, you do it once and then you like take your time building the whole project and then that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, those are, I guess, some like some brief goals. That's brilliant. Well, I think this has been a really good episode of Roots, man. Thanks so much for coming on and like reaching out on DM. I'm so surprised you messaged back. I love it. Of course, man. I reply to everybody. Perfect. Uh, thank you for having me, man. You guys are awesome too. It was, um, it's really fun. I like talking, so I, I like, no, we, this is perfect. You're great. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug before we uh, wrap up the show? I don't know. Maybe I'll end off with like some like final notes, man. Like, um, I don't know, maybe like some cheese, some daily cheese. Hit us with the cheese. The cheese, man, the blue cheese. But yeah, man, like nothing's impossible, man. Like I've seen people go from, you know, just just picking up a camera and like you know not really understanding anything about film to like one year later they're like making brilliant videos and like completely understanding all the techniques and things like that so especially this day and age man there's like so much information out there and 
the whole point is, I guess, to not be intimidated and to not be so hard on yourself because I feel like as creators, we're so hard on ourselves and we just keep hating ourselves. And, uh, you know, our, our goals always move forward, you know, and we never, we never look back and be like, what was my goal a year ago? Did I achieve that? Because most of the time you did and you just didn't think about it because you're like, all right, what's next? I want to do the next thing, you know? And, and so it's always good to like not be hard on yourself, look back at what you've done and uh, nothing's impossible. Literally. Like I, I started CG six months ago and just randomly, you know, and I'm like, dude, I want to start doing this. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm having fun making CG world. So, you know, it's nothing's impossible. Amazing. All right, guys, you got to follow Arudes on Instagram at Arudes, at A-R-U-D-Z. Really good stuff on there. And maybe you can sign up for his course. I don't know. Uh, thanks for everyone listening. Make sure to follow us on all social platforms at Render Repeat Podcast. And check out the YouTube page. I think not enough people go on there to check out our stuff. This whole conversation's on YouTube. You get to see us chat and go smile. Go to the YouTube. Render. Everyone, render and repeat. All right, guys, render thanks so much. <laughs> See you guys next episode. Ciao.